Well, good morning again this morning, and if you have your Bibles, uh, if you would, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Last week, we began just a a three-week series looking at the key characters of the Christmas story. And we determined that those three key characters that oftentimes we overlook because we are trying to be creative or or trying to, to always take a different look or a different approach to the Christmas story because we've heard it so many times that we often overlook Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And so for the next three weeks, last week today and next Sunday, we'll be looking at those three characters. Last week we looked at Joseph, and this morning we want to take a look at Mary. So beginning in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, and God's Word tells us the story of Mary's life. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she she was greatly troubled at this statement, and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. When we think about Mary and her role in the Christmas story. She is the human and earthly mother of Jesus. She has been the object of conflict and controversy throughout all of history. When we think about the fact that to some she is an object of worship, they pray to her and believe that they must go through her in order to reach her son, Jesus, to pray. There are others who go so far the other way, and and they nearly completely ignore her altogether. And although we do not worship or pray to her, we have great respect for her. We revere and honor her as the human and earthly mother of Jesus. There are... Many, many lessons that we can learn from Mary and from her life. But before we look at those lessons this morning, I want us to take a quick look through the passage we just read and to see her story through the eyes of Scripture. 
the scripture tells us that Mary was a modest and a pure young woman in Galilee. She was engaged to what we learned last week, who was a solid, moral, mature, and compassionate man named Joseph. She loved him and looked forward to marrying him and fulfilling their married relationship. She was prepared to commit herself to him for life. We know that she had an amazing encounter with the angel Gabriel. And if it wasn't incredible enough that she had this encounter, the message that she received was even more amazing and incredible. Think about it for just a moment. She receives a visit from an angel. That's amazing. That's incredible. But what he says to her is this, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, I want you to think for a moment about her response. I mean, think about how incredible that is. An angel appears, and an angel says, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, you and I look at that and go, wow, that is awesome. That is great news. That's an incredible thing. Notice what the Scripture says about her response. She was greatly troubled at this statement. She was greatly troubled at this statement wonder why. Why would that be a troubling thing? Why would that be a, a, a difficult thing to accept, the idea that the angel, and notice it wasn't the appearance of the angel, it was the statement that she was concerned about. She was greatly troubled at this statement. It wasn't all oh, oh, the fear because there was an angel addressing her, but it was the statement that was being said that caused her to be troubled. She kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. She kept thinking to herself, what, what does this mean? What, what is it that, that the angel is saying to me? What, what is this message, this greeting that he's giving me? What does that say? And so she was troubled by that. She was concerned about that. And so the angel, Gabriel, recognized her troubled heart and her fearful mind, and his response was simply this. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Interesting exchange. Incredible events in her life. What must it have been like to receive a visit from an angel and to receive the words, favored one? It literally means grace-filled, filled with grace. But the idea was this was troubling. She was concerned about what this really meant for her life. And so the angel says, listen, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. And in that favor, we know that he announces that she will be the earthly and human mother of God's Son, Jesus, who would come to the world to save humankind from their sins. And we begin to see the story unfold. And the events that surrounded, last week we talked about how that must have been for Mary, not only to go, okay, there's going to be all of this gossip. There's going to be all of this, this back chatter and things that are going on about, oh, oh she, she's not married and she's expecting a child. 
not only did she have to concern herself with, with all of those things that surrounded the events of the child coming early before the marriage and all of those types of things, but the fact that she had to go tell Joseph. You see, at this point, she didn't know that the angel was going to visit Joseph. She didn't know that he was going to share this message of, of God's good news with him. And so imagine the thoughts going through her head, not only of, of the gossip, of, of the women of the community talking about her behind her back, and all of those types of things. A fear of a young woman having a child for the very first time. But the guy that she loved, the man that she was looking forward to spending her life with, she had to go tell him. How would he receive the news? What would he think? Really? You're still a virgin and you're pregnant? I mean, really? Did she expect him to believe that? Did she think that he would accept that or be okay with that? Or, or part of the fear that she was experiencing? Was it the idea that this news could cost me my future husband? could cause him to walk away from our engagement and our relationship. But even in the midst of all of that, if we go just a verse further, Mary says this, I am your bondservant. Be it done to me as you have said. In other words, God, carry out your will in my life. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. I don't know where it's going to lead or how it's going to go or what's going to happen, but, but God, I'm willing for you to do what it is that you want to do in my life. What does that say about the character of this woman? What does it say about her commitment and the faith of this woman? That even in the midst of all of that uncertainty and turmoil and difficulties and and all of those things that she would say, I'm your bondservant. I'm willing to do what it is that you've asked me to do. Three things that I want us to learn about this lady or from this lady today. And the first one is this. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. She was just an ordinary girl. She was just a, a, a simple young lady. There was nothing special, unique, or different about her. She was engaged to a guy to get married, as, as hundreds or thousands before have done. Everything was just pretty ordinary in her life. And God chose to use the ordinary to do the extraordinary to do something that had never been done before, to do something that was the pivotal changing moment in all of history for all of mankind, that He would send His Son into this world in human form through the birth of a human woman on this earth, and that He would grow and mature and develop to become the sacrifice for the sins of all of mankind. God made a choice at that moment in time, and that was a moment marked in history that would change the future of mankind for all eternity. God chose an ordinary 
just a simple young lady engaged to be married to become the earthly human mother of Jesus, the ordinary into the extraordinary. We're just ordinary. What does God desire to do in your life, in my life, in our lives that are extraordinary? What is it that He seeks to use us for to do something beyond belief or comprehension or understanding? He uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. I think about the video that we played this morning of young Christopher. Just ordinary. I mean, let's be real, right? There are thousands of premature babies born every day. There are thousands of babies that are born blind. I mean, there's nothing really super unique about him. But God took the ordinary and did something extraordinary. He he did something that, that I know touched my heart and touch my life today, just to hear the message and the journey and, and the events that surrounded that young life. And then to hear his voice of perfect pitch with no physical eyes to see, but singing a song about opening his eyes to see Jesus. That's extraordinary. And God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. And I wonder today, what is it He desires to do with your life, with my life, with the lives of those that are around us? The second thing that I see is that Mary had prepared her heart to be used by God. She didn't know that that's what was going to happen, but she had prepared her heart to be used by God. It's evident when you look at someone who would immediately be concerned about the statement that was made, uh, immediately have concerns about what that meant for her life, and, and then upon hearing the message to not be afraid, that she's going to be used to bring the Son of God into the world in human form, to say simply, okay. If that's what you choose to do in my life, God, I'm willing to allow you to do that. I am willing to obey and be a part of that. That is an amazing thing, and her heart had to be ready to receive that message and then in obedience be willing to follow God's will. So how? How did she prepare her heart? How was she ready at such a young age, so early in life, to be ready to do such an incredible thing in obedience to God? Well, let's drop down just a few verses later in that same first chapter, and I want to read a little bit more And these are the words of Mary. She has gone to meet Elizabeth, her relative, who was expecting, who was barren, wound, and is now expecting a child. And God is a part of that as well, a part of His master plan. And the angel tells her that. And she's visiting with Elizabeth, and they're excited about all of these things surrounding the will of God and and the work of God in their lives. And then look at verse 46. It says, And Mary said, Now listen to what she says. Ten verses here that are amazing. My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For He has 
has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation for those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel his servant in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. We need to think about those words for just a moment. And, and there's only nine verses there. But if we look back in the Old Testament history, there are 15, in nine verses, 15 discernible quotes from the Old Testament Scripture. That is, we read those verses that Mary said, we consider it basically a poem, but as we read those verses, she was quoting Old Testament Scripture in these words, exalting God and His work and His handiwork and how He was moving. You understand what that means? That means that she was a person who listened to the Word of God, who memorized the Word of God, who planted it deep in her heart. And because she was in tune with the Word of God and the work of God and the will of God, she had prepared her heart to say to God, if this is what you choose to do in my life, I'm willing. She had prepared her heart, when, even though she was troubled by the greeting, even though she was concerned, even though all of the other things that we've talked about were, were going to be a part of her future. She was prepared for that because of God's Word. Because she had taken God's Word in the Old Testament Scripture and hidden it in her heart that when she was faced with a circumstance and situation that she could immediately call upon God's Word to give her direction. She could call upon God's Word to calm her heart and her fears and her doubts and her uncertainties. She could call upon God's Word, recall it in her heart and in her mind, and use it to help her to be willing to accept God's will and God's direction for her life. She was prepared for the role that God had chosen her for because she had planted God's Word in her heart. Because she knew His Word and she believed in Him. I want to encourage you, if you want to be prepared for God to use the ordinary for the extraordinary, if you want to be prepared for God to work and His will to be carried out in your life, it begins by a knowledge and an understanding of His Word and hiding it in your heart and your mind so that at any moment, at any time, faced with circumstance and situations in life, you can call upon His Word to give you strength, to give you hope, to give you direction, and to calm your fears. Exactly what Mary did. Fifteen times. In nine verses of Scripture, she quotes Old Testament Scripture, discernible passages of Old Testament Scripture to guide and lead and direct her life. 
Here's the other thing we know from that. Is that when Jesus was born into her life, from the moment of his birth, all the time she was raising him as his mother, I would imagine he was hearing over and over and over again her communicating to him the Old Testament Scriptures. They were real to her. They were a part of her life. They were a part of her heart. They were a part of her mind. And God was using her to be the human earthly father of his son because she had prepared herself and she was prepared to teach him, to, to mentor him as he grew, to love him in God's Word, to help him to understand the Scriptures not only from his heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, but from his earthly mother. What an incredible blessing. How was she prepared? She was prepared with God's Word. And the final thing I want us to learn from her today is simply this. God blesses those who seek His will and obey it. God blesses those who seek His will and obey it. Think about the blessings of Mary's life. Oh, yes, there were difficulties. There were challenges. There were times of of sorrow and and times of, of fear and doubt and uncertainty, but there were so many blessings in her life. She was chosen to be the er, chosen to be the earthly human mother of the Son of God. What a blessing. She was married to the man she loved in life. What a blessing. She witnessed wise men worshiping and giving gifts to her child. What a blessing. She saw him grow and mature into who God the Father had sent him to be. He didn't reject the calling that the Father had given him. He didn't reject what God had sent him to do. He accepted that and he grew into that. She watched him perform miracles. Think about the blessing. This is my child. He was born from my womb and yet I am watching him perform miracles touching and impacting the lives of people as he grows and matures into the adult that his father desired for him to be. That his miracles would change the lives of people that he encountered all the time. She was able to hear him teach and to preach. That word that she loved, that word that she had hidden in her heart and in her mind, that when she shared these thoughts that she... She quoted 15 passages of Scripture in in only nine verses. That word, she listened to her son teach it to others in an extraordinary way. Others, when they heard him teach, said things like, we've heard others teach, but no one has ever taught like this. They said things like, "He's, he's not learned or educated, but he teaches with authority. And she heard that. She was able to hear her son teach and preach the word that she loved and that she hid in her heart and that she had taught him as he grew. She had all all kinds of blessings in her life. Yes, at the end especially, there was so much sorrow, so much pain, so much suffering to watch the religious leaders plot against her son to eventually falsely arrest and accuse him and convict him and nail him to a cross and watch him die. Yes, there was a lot of sorrow. There was a lot of pain. But there were a lot of blessings. And the blessings came because she was 
willing to seek the Lord and His Word and willing to obey His will for her life. Blessings come when we seek the Lord and we obey His will. And so as we prepare our hearts just a couple of weeks away from the Christmas season, I want to encourage you this Christmas season to prepare your heart to be used by God ordinary in an extraordinary way. Expect Him to do extraordinary things in your life because He will. Obey His will and receive His blessings out of obedience to the Father and those blessings will come. We can make this Christmas season one of the best Christmas seasons we've ever experienced by learning from the life of Joseph, by learning from the life of Mary, understanding in this Christmas story that these key characters were sent to teach us wonderful things about the Christian life. And so this morning, we're going to offer an invitation hymn. And as always, invitation is a time to invite you to make decisions about your life. Maybe, maybe you feel like you're just ordinary and, and you don't expect God to do anything extraordinary in your life. And today, you want to go, you know, I don't want to change that. Maybe, perhaps, that you've been in, in going through and, and you haven't been as committed or faithful to God's Word as you should be and, and you want to decide today that I want to be more committed. I want to take God's Word and put it in my heart so I can obey His will and I can count on Maybe, just maybe today, you're looking for that blessing this Christmas season. Maybe you just need somebody to put their arm around your shoulder and pray for you about something that's going on in your life. That's what this invitation is about. It's about time for us to make decisions to meet needs, to move forward. And so if there's a decision on your heart this morning, we invite you to come as we stand and we